So why do we think so negatively in life? Have you ever wondered that? You know how hard it is sometimes to break that negative thought process like you talk about everything that's just not going well, the weather sucks and the money isn't coming in like it should and the kids aren't behaving and... Have you ever wondered why? And then even maybe more importantly, how the heck do you get out of it? Coming up in a couple of minutes, I am so happy to have Dr. Joe Dispenza back. This guy rocks. He just absolutely rocks. We've had him on the show multiple times, and every time it's an absolute blessing because of the wisdom and the information he shares to help people get out of negative thinking and actually changing their mind. He's the author of an incredible book, Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind, Transforming Your Mind into one that looks at possibilities, opportunities, and excitement versus all that is wrong. And we've got a ton of questions I want to get to Dr. Joe about in just a couple minutes so that we can help you to radically change your mind and to get to the place that you really want to be at. Exciting with Dr. Joe with us. Uh, Hey, who are we? David Essel here in the box celebrating 22 years on the air. Very nice that you've chosen to share some of your Saturday evening with us. Broadcasting out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. And uh, with great appreciation to Jeff and Tricia in the studio doing their thing, making the show just rock as they always do. XM246 is a channel that you're listening to us on. Also, we stream worldwide for free at talkdavid.com. So if you have friends that do not have XM, push them into the website. Let them listen live online. And coming up, October 19th, we're making the big switch. We love XM Radio. XM has been awesome for us. We're making a switch with Premier Radio, the company we're with, the syndication group, Clear Channel, Premier Radio, over to iHeartRadio, 40 million listeners strong on iHeartRadio right now. We're going to be switching over October 19th on the iHeart, which we're really, really excited about. And as I mentioned before, we are really proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network every Saturday 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. So thank you so much for being a part of our life and our programs. I heard, now I, I want to tell you this. A number of years ago, I was watching this uh, very well put together documentary on the mind called What the Bleep Do We Know? And it was during that movie, it was the very first time I had heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, saw him, listened to him. And right away, you could just tell his confidence level, that he knew what he was talking about. He was very clear. And the other cool thing was he was able to describe some pretty complex stuff in terms that you and I can understand. And ever since that time, I've been a fan of his. We've had him back. We've got him here now. Again, the name of the book, Evolve Your Brain. Dr. Joe, welcome back to the show. Thank you, David. I'm happy to be with you. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, why is negative thinking so hard to let go of? Because there's an emotional quotient that comes along with it, and that emotion is usually carrying an addictive quality that we become addicted to the very thoughts that we think. So the stress hormones that uh, turn on the fight-or-flight nervous system empower those thoughts that are negative. And the psychological model says that 70% of our thoughts that we think every single day are negative, and they're derived from those stress hormones. So we're living our life, for the most part, in survival mode, protecting ourselves from the worst-case scenario, always anticipating the future based on the past. And that's how we've learned, you know, in a, in a world where competition and survival is the name of the game to compete. And, and uh, the new model of reality is offering another option for people. Seventy percent of our thoughts negative. Yeah, that's a fact. 
So that would mean that most of us are way underachieving in love, our health, money, et cetera, right? Absolutely. You know, and if you want to just extrapolate on that, we think 60 to 70,000 thoughts in one day. 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as the day before. So the same thoughts will always lead to the same choices. The same choices will lead to the same experiences. The same experiences will produce the same emotions, and the same emotions then will drive the same exact thoughts, and we call that a personality or our identity. And our biology, our neurology, our, our chemistry, and our genetic expression is equal to that state of being. So that's why people get caught up in memorizing certain states of mind and body that become part of their destiny. Now, now let's look at someone like you, Dr. Joe, or someone else who's on a path of, you know, where they fill their, their lives with positive books and CDs and people and all that kind of stuff. What percentage of your thoughts or someone else that's on a, on a strong path of personal growth, if the average person, 70% of their thoughts are negative, what would someone on the other path be? Well, let's just review that. 70% of the thoughts are negative, and 90% of those thoughts to 95% of those thoughts are unconscious. So most people aren't even aware that they're thinking those thoughts because they're reacting pretty much to the same circumstances in their life. So if you understand that the brain is a record of the past, the brain is an artifact from all the experiences and things that you've learned throughout your lifetime has been you know, imprinted in the soft plastic tissues of your gray matter. And emotions are the end product of past experiences, and emotions typically are stored in the body. Then for the most part, most people are literally living in the past. So if you woke up in the morning and you decided to create a new future, and you emotionally taught your body what that future was going to feel like ahead of the actual event, then your brain and body neurologically and emotionally would no longer be living in the past, but would be living in the future. And elevated emotions like gratitude and joy and inspiration and creativity and freedom should drive a new set of thoughts. And those new thoughts should then reinforce those feelings. And how you think and how you feel creates a state of being. And that state of being then influences pretty much every single aspect of your life. Okay, so in order to shift and stop living in the past and live in the present, we have to start thinking new thoughts that are obviously of a positive nature, like gratitude and hope and all those kind of things. And then we have to add an emotion to that, Dr. Joe, is what you're saying. So we have to not just sit there and think happy, but we have to think happy and then feel happy. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, you have to drop down from your brain to your heart. That's the hardest part yeah. of all of this, because if, you, if yeah. you marry a clear intention, David, with an elevated emotion, according to science, intention is a mindful process, and intention is getting clear on what you want. An elevated emotion, then, is the carrier of that thought, and when you combine both of those, it literally changes matter. It has an effect on your external reality. So most people wait for their wealth to show up to give thanks. They wait for their new right. relationship to come to feel love. They wait for the new circumstance to be joy. That's the old model of reality. The quantum model of reality isn't about cause and effect. The quantum model of reality is about causing an effect. So you have to actually give thanks 
ahead of the actual experience, so much so that your body is the unconscious mind, believes that that future event has already happened in the present moment, and that's when you begin to experience the magic in your life. Okay, now I'm going to throw a, a little curveball here, Dr. Joe, not, not necessarily for you, but for our listeners, and that is this. Everything that you're saying I know is backed by science, but here is a stumbling point, I think, for a lot of people, is that if we sat in our bed 365 days with a positive thought about money and felt extremely wealthy, the odds are nothing would change, correct? Well, let's, let's examine that, because if you got up and you felt wealthy and you created a future... But you return back to the old state of being, and you lived in lack in the next moment. That's like eating a, a real healthy, organic breakfast in the morning and then spending the rest of your day eating junk food. You have to maintain that modified state of mind and body your entire day. The whole purpose of getting your mind and body right is to be greater than the conditions in your environment, to be greater than the old habits and emotional addictions of the body, and to be able to sustain that change for an extended period of time so that your brain and body literally are physically changed to look like the experience has happened. Now, if you get up... Okay, Dr. Joe, hold, hold that thought. We have to go to a quick break. and we come back, and I, I want to ask Dr. Joe to explain, extrapolate this on a little bit more, is that what I want to know is it's not enough just to sit in a chair and think and feel. We actually have to go and do something uniquely different, action steps on a daily basis. That's my thought process to add to this. I want to get Dr. Joe's thoughts when we come back. You're tuned in to David Essel Live. Rockin' America's Positive Radio Talk Show, David Essel Alive, little Sheryl Crow, my favorite Sheryl Crow song, as a matter of fact, 1-800-548-8255, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Joe Dispenza, drjoedispenza.com, drjoedispenza.com is my guest, love having this guy on, author of many books, including Evolve Your Brain, uh, the Science of Changing Your Mind, you may have seen him on CNN, Fox, Discovery Channel, he's all over the place. And Dr. Joe, be, before we went to break, you were describing that in order to change, 70% of our, our thoughts on a, a daily basis are negative, and 90% of our thoughts are repeated from the day before, and in order to change this, we have to have that thought that is a positive thought, then we have to utilize an elevated emotion in order to bring that new future that we want into our lives. And the question that, that I, was, I wanted to ask you is that isn't it also important? I mean, someone just can't sit in their bed and do those two steps and expect their life to change, right? They actually have to be out in the world doing something. Absolutely. The, the, the true, I'm a pragmatist, David, and the most important yeah. part of all of this is when you change the way you think and then you change the way you feel, you move into a new state of being. Now, if you're creating a future from this new state of being and you don't get up and take steps towards your destiny, in other words, you don't align your behaviors with your intentions or your actions equal to your thoughts, if you don't get your mind and body working together, then on an implicit level, you actually doubt in the fact that you've created something in the future. 
and it's a signal that you put out on a gut level that you don't believe in that future. So yes. it is imperative that you have to step towards that destiny. That means that you have to step into the unknown, and this is where people get scared because they say, I can't predict my future, and I always say, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And if you trust in that outcome, you would begin to take steps towards your destiny. I love that. I love that. We have a, a caller from Sacramento. Ari, you're on with David Essel and Dr. Joe Dispenza. Please go right ahead. Hi. Um, I have a situation. My wife and I have been going through this again and again and again in our mind. And uh, our daughter, she was 11 years old. She had a congenital heart defect, and she... Uh, was a normal kid for 11 and almost 12 years. And at the end of, uh, you know, 11th year, she passed away. She had a high fever, was taken to ER, and she passed away just about five months ago. And my question is, how can you, how can you have such a beautiful girl? And when she's, when she's gone, you know, and now my wife and I, we're having a hard time to even, to even go to the cemetery and, how can how can I get over that and creating the future when when there is no same future when everything good is in the past? Sure. Wow. This is a great question, and I want you to understand that it's absolutely normal to go through a grieving process. But I also want you to understand that the grieving process is literally a biological, neurological, chemical death that's connected to the circuits and genetics in your body that's equal to your, your uh, memory of your daughter. So it's normal to go through these processes, but it also means that you have to begin to embrace a greater understanding that there's an element of knowledge that's, that's available to you to understand that death is not the end, that if you begin to really realize that, that physical death is just a transition to another place and that you can find value and worth and freedom in understanding that um, you may meet her in some future time, and that you had the opportunity to bring life to somebody for a period of time, but now you have to you have to get on with your life because if she was alive in this moment, she would say to you, just like you would say to your own children, if you passed away, you got to live your life, and that's one of the common things that happen when people have after death communications. The person they're grieving for approaches them in an altered state and says to them, look, eternity is a big place. I'll meet you in some future time. And listen, I want what's best for you, and you have to get on with your life right now. So if you pass this plane and your wife uh, was grieving for you and you watched her grieve every single day in sadness and you had an opportunity to contribute to her, you would probably say the same thing like, hey, you know what, I love you. I'll meet you at some future time and please get on with your life, and that would be the greatest gift that you could give me. And, and I think that's what your daughter wants for you as well. And it's an, it's an intellectual process, but there's a future ahead for you that once you understand that those emotions shouldn't define you any longer, you'll experience a certain level of freedom and you'll see a whole new landscape. And I think that's what life is about. And Dr. Joe, you know, for, our, for Ari as well, you mentioned at the beginning as you were answering this that the grieving period is normal and natural. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's in, you know, just remember that every experience that you have with every single person shapes and molds your brain. And so when a person disappears and they, they transition to another plane, 
there's a pruning process that goes on in the brain because you don't have that person to reaffirm those circuits in your brain. So that's a pretty much a death of the old self. It's a withering of circuitry in your brain. And what you're left with is memories. And so the memory that should be the strongest for you, and that's something that we have to work on as human beings, is the fondest memories and not the most tragic memories. Ari, do you have another question? Well, yeah, no, no, I guess that explains. It's just like that's why I feel so empty. It, that's why we feel so empty. There's no everything was around her, and now that she's gone, it just, I don't know how long it will take uh, to to get it get it in the right path, you know, to, to continue life. Even though we have other children, we have two little boys, six and uh, one-year-old, and uh, kind of, I, I love them very much, but everything shifted towards my daughter right now, and I just can't stop it. Every morning hey. I wake up with a stomach full of, like, some kind of a feeling in my stomach that something bad has happened, and I want to wake up and just can't. I don't know. Dr. Joe, excuse what, what me for a minute. What do you think I should think about, or, I don't know, like, thinking that she's not gone and she's going to, she, she, she's just in a different place, I guess. Dr. Joe, Joe, we have a minute and a half if you could help Ari. Then we're going to go to a quick break. Okay, Ari, uh, we are spiritual beings, and loss is always the most painful part because a person disappears from our physical reality. Remember that your daughter is a soul on the journey, and your job then as a human being is to provide the greatest life for the two children that you do have and to take the pain from that loss and transmute it into joy. That's the challenge. And for you, the greatest challenge then, because you feel so deeply, is to remember if your daughter was watching you right now and she truly loved you, she would want you to be happy. And that's the greatest gift you could give to her and to give to yourself. So when those thoughts come up and those emotions come up, you have to ask yourself this question. Living by these emotions, is it loving to me? And if my daughter wanted me to truly be happy, let me show her how I can do that. Ari, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, doctor. Okay? Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. 30 seconds before the break, Dr. Joe, is there a certain period of time when someone has lost a loved one that they should say, okay, the grieving we can let go of, three months, six months, a year? Is there a certain no, I, I think that the, everybody processes change and processes transition differently. The biggest thing that I want people to understand is that emotions are part of life. They're normal. But living by the same emotion every single day isn't loving to you. And when we have to understand that those emotions can be transmuted into elevated emotions, we start to liberate ourselves because living by the mo- those emotions is viewing our life through the lens of the past. My guest, Dr. Joe Dispenza, name of one of his books, Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind, which we're going to come back after this break and talk more with Dr. Joe about. Hey, listen, and that loss could be the loss of a relationship. It could be the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one. All losses the same. 1-800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. Stay there.
code TITANIUM. That's what we want every one of our listeners to become, unbreakable. 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-TALK. Great to have you on board. Of course, we are America's positive radio talk show. My special guest, Dr. Joe Dispenza, author of many books, including the Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. You can find out more about him at drjoedispenza.com. Dr. Joe, we received a text in... Um, from one of our listeners in San Antonio, how do we know which actions to take after we visualize and feel? How do we know if it is the right action? Mm, great question. Well, yeah. <clears throat> purpose is ongoing. Intention is ongoing. It's like going in a direction. Our goals in alignment with our purpose are the steps that we need to take in order to get to our end. So goals are finite. And purpose is infinite, or intention is infinite. So when most people start to create a future, the first resistance that happens is they don't feel like their normal self anymore. And when they no longer feel like themselves any longer, they want to make the same choices that lead to the same behaviors that create the same experiences that produce the same emotions so they can feel in that familiar state. The key is when you begin to step into your unknown future, it won't feel familiar to you. That's the key. So if you wanted to, mm. as an example, get in shape, and you yes. wanted to be a certain weight, and you wanted to be healthy, healthy was your intention, but the goals along the line of your intention, direction would be not eating after 6 o'clock, working out in the morning, you know, you start setting up these goals, your heart right. rate going down, your weight loss. When you start doing that, it's not going to feel comfortable. It's not going to feel familiar. Now you're stepping into the unknown, and that is when you know that you're actually moving towards a new destiny. Cause it's I unknown. love it. I love it. I, want, I, wish, you know, I wish somehow that we had a chip in every person's brain in the world listening right now because <laughs> too many people want to believe that if they think a certain way, their life is going to change. And what Dr. Joe is saying, it's taken more than that. And how do you know if the action step is correct to help you create a new reality is that there should be some level of newness or uncomfortability to that step. And I'm so glad that we got that text. Another text in. And by the way, gang, if you want to text us, it's 941 266 Seven six seven six. If you want to text Dr. Joseph Dispenza here, nine four one two six six seven six seven six, or you can call us one eight hundred five four eight talk one eight hundred five four eight talk. This text in from New York City. Um, are we genetically wired to be negative, or is it mainly the environment that causes people to be that way? Uh, a great question. We're, genes don't determine our destiny. It's the environment that signals the gene and programs the gene to our destiny. And the epigenetic model of reality says that, for the most part, that as the environmental reaction takes place by some experience in your life, your reaction to that experience based on survival, you know, fear, anxiety, worry, aggression, hostility, envy, jealousy, uh, insecurity, uh, sadness, guilt, shame, those are the emotions that are driven by the hormones of stress. Those are the survival emotions. So those emotions drive certain thoughts, and those emotions have a very strong addictive quality to them. So then we mm. use the, uh, the conditions in our life to reaffirm our emotional addiction so that we can remember who we think we are. And now we're victims to our environment, and those, those chemical residues signal the genes to downregulate, and now we're headed for some type of disease. 
being able to change your internal state so that you're greater than the conditions in your external environment is what every great person in history understood, whether it was William Wallace or Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Joan of Arc or Madame Curie, the Wright brothers. They had a vision that was that was greater than the conditions in their environment, that was beyond their senses. Right. And they began right. to embrace that future reality in the present moment to the extent that they began to live and make choices as if that future reality was already here. Now, that is going against what is natural for most people. But in order for you to become supernatural, you better start doing things that are unnatural. Loving it. I love it. Uh, this is a text in from Dallas. How do we know when it's time to let a friend, a family member, or a loved one go who are extremely negative in our lives? It's really simple. Our, our, our very nature as human beings, the, 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 the state of being that is our birthright, is joy, freedom, and expansion. That's who we really are when we're not complicated by <clears throat> so many people and things and conditions in our external world. Now, you have a choice to be happy. If you have a choice to be happy, you're resonating at a certain frequency. Most people have relationships with other people based on emotional contracts. So if you suffer and I suffer and I complain about politics and you complain about your wife, then for the most part, emotionally, we're sharing the same energy. Right. And, and when people are in relationships and they start to change and they're no longer living by those same emotional states, they begin to break those contracts. And now you have one of two choices. Either you're happy and that person begins to raise their level of energy to meet you, right. or you stay happy and they don't, but the end result is that you're still happy. If that person is bringing you down and you don't have the ability to maintain that state independent of who they are, it's time to take a break and reboot. It's time to take a break and decide who you want to be. And if you can change your state of being so that person no longer influences you, now you're free. But up until that point, you're enslaved by your emotional contract to them. Yeah. Right, right on. Here's the last one, Dr. Joe. We've got three minutes. And it is, uh, it's from one of our listeners, Ken. I've been trying to meditate, but it's hard. What should I try? There's so many different types of meditation. Well, I recommend that you check out my second book. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, How to Lose Your Mind and Create a New One. The meditations in that book are based on brainwave patterns and what science has to say about getting beyond your analytical mind. The whole purpose of meditation is to move beyond your analytical mind because what separates your conscious mind from your subconscious mind is your analytical mind. And you can learn how to do that just like a skill, just like golf or tennis. And the more you practice it, the better you become at it. The research that we did on our students in our workshops most people, it takes about a minute and a half or two minutes for them to alter their brainwave patterns. People that have practiced the techniques that we show uh, and demonstrate in the books, they do it in less than a minute. Some people do it in four seconds or five seconds. Wow. It's a skill. You practice it, yep. you get better yep. at it. And, and if, once you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, and you put meaning, you assign meaning behind it, you get more value out of it. So I never teach a meditation without a scientific explanation so you know when you're there and you know when you're not. Most people, yeah. they think that meditation is all about focusing on nothing. Well, if you focus on nothing, you get nothing. The purpose of meditation is to move into the sweet spot of the present moment so your mind and body can finally relax and begin to access all potentials that exist. And people are doing it all around the world. It just has to be demystified with a scientific mm -hmm. model. 
Dr. Joe Dispenza has been my guest, author of many books, including Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. Dr. Joe, it's just always awesome to have you on, and we are going to get you back to do even more. All right. I appreciate it, David. Love being here. You're with welcome. You. Thank you very much. Have a beautiful okay. night. Thank you. Bye bye. Dr. Joe Dispenza.com. Dr. Joe Dispenza.com. Check him out. As I've told you, I've been a huge fan of that man for a long time. He gives such great information in ways that we can understand. His books are easy to read as well. 1 800 548 8255. Going to go to a break in a minute. When we come back, we'll be answering your emails, your text. If you have a question on changing your mind, changing your body, changing your finances, changing your love relationship, this is the time to get a hold of us. 1 800 548 TALK, 1 800 548 8255, or text us 941 266 7676. Do not forget that every show we do is archived for free. This evening, later on, you'll be able to tune in, tap in, and listen to anything that you missed or anything that you want to revisit. Join us on Facebook, David Essel Alive. Like us on Facebook. You can listen to the show by joining our text club on your smartphone. Just go to talkdavid.com to find out more about joining the text club. More to come. I'm David Essel. Talkdavid.com. Stay right there. Best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. You can be a master. Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Yeah, we want you in your own little personal Hall of Fame feeling so damn good about yourself, ladies and gentlemen. That's the goal every day, regardless of what's going on in the outside world, to find a way to reinforce your own greatness. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Some of the most amazingly powerful people I've ever met in my life are those that somehow have found a way on a daily basis to be living in joy and gratitude and serving others, even when their life isn't going that well. Oh, my Lord. And you can do the same. If you have a question on life, love, health, happiness, staying positive, achieving goals, call me 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK or text us 941-266-7676-941-266-7676. I just kind of text in. This is uh, in a totally new direction for us anyway. Is sexting wrong? Sexting, S-E-X-T-I-N-G. You know, sending nude or partially nude pictures of yourself. Is sexting wrong? I'm a 41-year-old woman dating a 48-year-old guy, and we love to send semi-nude pics to each other during the day. It drives us both crazy. And then at night, of course, you know it's more exciting. I know it's wrong for teenagers but what about adults? I lo- oh, my God. So many teens get in big trouble. We have them in our office, as a matter of fact. I work with several teens that have gotten in trouble with sexting. And, yes, teenagers, no. Adults, okay, we're going to talk about a different thing here. You know, it's called emotional foreplay. That's what it would be called in the world of adulthood. That's emotional foreplay. So emotional foreplay is teasing each other 
when we're not around. So sending texts, emails, leaving notes where that only your lover can find them, leaving voicemails that are erotic in nature, or sexting, sending pictures of ourselves back and forth, semi-nude, whatever it might be, some kind of uh, seductive look, right? And, And I think it's excellent. Here's the big caveat. Do you trust the person? Would either of you share those pictures if the relationship ended, do you trust that person? Do you know that person enough where that you could trust that they wouldn't blackmail you, that they wouldn't share it to embarrass you? Like those are some of the questions I would think about. If it's a brand new relationship, I would say be awful careful because you don't know the person that well. And they might seem like a great guy or girl, but if they get jilted, if the relationship ends and they're mad at you, well, hell, they could do anything with those pictures, right? So be really careful. I mean, overall, I'm a huge fan of your your email, your text, sorry. I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's a great idea to keep the erotic mind going uh, for adults only. Teenagers, no. You're just going to get your butts in big trouble. one 800 548 Let's see. Oh, responding to a topic you had at the top of your show about relationships. Every time my boyfriend and I argue, he shuts down. He hangs up. He doesn't answer the phone. He won't answer his door, even though I know he's in there. It's driving me crazy. I love him and do not want to lose him, but this is hard. It is hard. It's it's actually called devastating. If you're in a relationship with someone and they shut down to that degree or that you can't get a hold of them, oh, my gosh, that's very painful. I'm sorry you're going through that. Number one, get help. If he won't go, at least you get help on how to deal with this. Number two, in a non-emotional state, that means when you guys are doing good, you're driving in the car, you're not in bed, you're driving in the car, you're going for a walk, explain to him how this shatters your trust because that's basically what we're feeling is that when things are good, I can trust you, but when things are bad, you shut down, that means, and you run away, you know, then that means I can't trust you. I can't trust you that you're going to be there all the time, right? So explain to him that this shatters trust. And if he doesn't get it and continues to do it, you'll have to end the relationship. And I hate to tell you that. You know, I'm a huge fan of saving every relationship that's possible to save. But if someone is going to shut down and run away, there's nothing you can do to save that if they're not going to change that. one 800 548 one 800 Here's a totally different text that just came in about business. I have a small business in the printing field and want to grow it. What one tip, comma, and I only need one, David. <laughs> I guess they can tell that I like to talk. Would help me the most. I think, uh, you know what, for all businesses, the printing world the same. It would be to find partners to promote your work. One of the things a lot of small business owners, the mistake they make is that they try to do it all on their own, right? So they'll buy advertisements, radio, print, internet. They'll do all kinds of social media marketing. But they've never thought that one of the fastest ways to grow your business is to partner up with other people. So as a printing company, you might look at local colleges, high schools, hospitals, 
and trade a certain amount of money with each of these organizations for exposure and to ask them to refer business to you. I think that's probably one of the fastest things that you can do. Just one tip you ask for. There you go. One of the fastest ways that you can grow your business. 1-800-548-8255. Oh, this is a text in. Oh, this is interesting. Maryland, Texas, in regards to sexting, be very, very careful. If you're going to sext a partner and there's children in the house, make sure your phone has an automatic lock that they can't go through your phone innocently and come across these pictures. Make sure every adult iPhone has a locking device so their kids cannot see it. I think that's great, Marilyn. What a great piece of advice. Thank you very much. P.S. I'm a huge fan of sexting, not total nude pictures, but seductive ones. Thank you, Marilyn. 1-800-548-8255. Oh, my God. Okay, here's up. We're going to just keep going all over the board with all of your questions. I love it. Uh, I'm a 14-year-old high school sophomore needing confidence in school and in classes. Uh, The text goes on and says, I've tried all kinds of methods, but nothing seems to work. I'm very introverted and shy around everyone except for my two close friends. Okay, confidence can be gotten in a bunch of different ways. One is going to be to put yourself in a position that feels uncomfortable. So if there's like student study groups, I would highly recommend that you get involved in any and all student study groups, even if you don't need help in those areas. That's one thing that comes to mind. Another is um, take more chances in class. You know, we build our confidence in life by trying things outside of our comfort zone, that's where we grow. And, and remember, our confidence is not just built by winning, by doing something right. It's built by trying things that are uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, I, I work with a 17-year-old, a client of mine, and our big focus has been giving him more confidence in the classroom. And the way we've done it is that he has to become more involved in his classes. So he has to raise his hand a certain amount of times per day in his different classes to stretch himself out of his comfort zone. When he walks into school every day, he has to look in the eyes of other students and say hi. And I just had my session with him yesterday, and he was telling me that that has had a profound impact on how he feels about himself. Just that one exercise we gave him to walk into school, make eye contact with as many people as he can and say hi. It's been incredible in his life. And the same thing will happen to you. He's 17, you're 14, the same thing is going to happen. You know, I want to take a minute right now just to to share some thoughts. We, I know we have millions of listeners that email us and text us every week questions off the air. And a persistent one is changing our minds from one of doubt to one of success. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, who we had on our show, is an expert in that. But I want to go back to this thought, is that we do need to create positive affirmations in our mind. Absolutely. We do need to use emotion behind them so we can feel the energy of falling in love or having a different body or making more money or healing our body of a disease or whatever it is, right? 
But the key step that Dr. Joe and I talked about earlier that I want to remind you right now is that then you've got to take actions that might feel uncomfortable at first. Asking someone out on a date, walking into a gym where you don't feel comfortable, starting to chart all of your expenses in order to see where all your money is going, charting all of your income. In other words, take the uncomfortable step to get to the next place. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel, talkdavid.com. See you next week.